If you're looking for an in-depth, detailed, academic analysis of the past, devoid of any comedy or entertainment value presented by an educated historian with a PhD, this isn't the show for you. Hi, I'm Tawny Plattis, a professional voiceover actor who gives a very casual, very Southern Californian, and hopefully very comedic retelling of the sexy, scandalous, and salacious stories from history your teacher probably left out on my podcast, The Dirty Bits. Catch the show on tawnyvoice.com or anywhere podcasts are found. Chat soon, lovebug. The Limey and the Yank are gonna rock your day All the way from England to the USA The great song you make from yesterday and today the Limey and the Yank are gonna rock your way. Spreading the love, spreading the joy with the music we play. The Limey and the Yank are gonna rock your day. All the way from England to the USA. The great song you make from yesterday and today. The Limey and the Yank are gonna rock your way. Spreading the love. Spreading the joy with the music we play. Hey everybody, welcome to the Limey and the Yank. And today we've got a really fun show for you. Hey, hey, hey. Don't introduce me. I can introduce myself. This is the Limey. Welcome to the Limey and the Yank. That's better. Now they know that I do have a voice and you're not trying to take over my voice. I've noticed. Well, I don't, you know, you, Yanks get a bit pushy. He talks a lot. Solo. So much talking. We're going, we're not going solo. I, I need the Yank so I can just mess with him. But <laughs> we're talking about dynamic groups that are going, that have the best and the most success going. And looking at the success and going, how far can I go? I'm going to do my own thing. I've had enough of this gang, and I'm out of here. But but we're a team. Oh, wait, you're not talking about me. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, but that's like leaving your mates in the pub, having your gang that you've hung oh, around, grew up with. No, not always. There's so, a lot of conflict. I want to go do a thing, and I know you guys aren't going to want to come along, but I'll come back. Oh, yeah. And that's nicer. All right, who gets the first pick? I think I'm going to take the first pick, and I'm going to talk about Mr. I think he's a sir now, Eric Clapton, who was in a few top bands before he went solo. One of them being Cream, yeah, with Jack Bruce and Jing. Of your love. That's right. White Room. Oh. Can we have just a little bit of this? <laughs> We've had that on the show before. I, yeah. I can tell. I, I caught your interest, and you can't let that walk away. Right. Let's play a little bit of White Room. Yeah, man. Awesome. 
and Blind Faith, and uh, of course he did uh, Derek and the Dominoes. Was he in the Yardbirds? I think he was, wasn't he? <laughs> wow, awesome that? that's another one. I missed that one. And he, yet most people today, they're going to think, oh yeah, Eric Clapton is Eric Clapton. They're not going to say he's a Yardbird or some blindly faithful guy or... No. He's so creamy. Wow. That doesn't sound savory at all. Yeah, amazing. And, uh, you know, uh, there was a little bit of haji-baji going on, I think, with uh, Paddy Boyd, who used to be George Harrison's wife. But uh, I believe (laughs) that's right. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But you know what? Writing about your own wife, like, you know, we talk about biographies and stuff. Brings out the best music in people. Well, and you know, maybe we should explain that to the audience because not everybody knows about the whole Layla, George Harrison's wife, and all of that thing. Why don't you go ahead and fill them in a little? Well, there's not really anything to fill in the fact that you know they were mates and he was infatuated with Paddy Boyd, and yep. it just turned out they they became an item, and that he wrote probably. Probably his most successful song, uh, Layla, you know? Given that he was able to make, what, a box set out of the entire recording sessions? Yeah, that was his most successful song. Oh, yeah, but, you know, you look at the change of styles from when somebody in a band, because obviously you have to get new musicians, new friends, and you have to get a new sound because you can't bring that old sound back with you. Can you, you know? imagine if the Beatles had taken a break and gone solo and gotten back together again? I mean, that's really what broke them up, is they all had their own ideas and just had to spread their wings in different directions. Oh, yeah, because in a band, it's like any group. There's got to be compromise in that band, too, and yeah. give and take. And if you're the lead guy, it's a lot harder to give than it is to take. And if there's more than one lead guy, you got a problem, which also happened with the Eagles. They... They were constantly bickering. Over That's them. right. Yeah. What, are you taking Don Henley from me? I was going to talk about him. No. You've been looking at my notes again. Which side of the pond is he on again? Oh, okay. Is he English? I we weren't talking about different <laughs> sides of the pond. We're talking about solo people, okay? All right. All right. But to finish off with the Eric Clapton, what an artist, man. I mean, he can, from the blues influence, you know, the John Mayo, and uh, just unbelievable. And I'd like to play a little bit of Wonderful Tonight. And I've got an aching head So I'll give her the car key And she'll help me to bed Say, my darling, you were wonderful tonight. Oh, my darling, you were wonderful. That is a really good pick, Yamaha. I like that song. Unfortunately, though, it's my turn. Oh, all right. No, hang on one sec. But I'm I'm not gonna. I love that song, but I want to change it. And because I shot the sheriff, 
but he did not shoot the deputy. This is true. All right. All right. Now you Technically, can... was that a cover? <laughs> yeah. No, that was... Wasn't that originally a reggae song? I oh, didn't know it was a ridge. I don't know if did Bob Marley originally do it. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know that. Let's ask Mr. Internet. Okay. Mr. Why can't it be Mrs. Internet? It can't. It could be Ms. Whatever. Okay. It's gender neutral. Uh, that's it. Let's ask general neutral Internet. I don't have any Internet access. It's your fault. That's okay. Whatever. I love his version of it. No, and of course, fine. I love Bob I Marley, too. I, I got to know. I got to know. And that's where mobile data comes in and saves the day. But you're right. If it, I missed that one if Bob Marley did it because it was definitely um, reggae-influenced. Let's find out. Inquiry minds want to know. Yes, Bob Marley and the Whalers recorded I Shot the Sheriff in 1973 for their album Burnin', but it was Eric Clapton who made it a hit the next year in 1974. Yeah. And still out there and still performing. All the best here, Eric. So what's going on with you, Yankee man? Well, now, there are so many interesting American acts who went solo. And I almost don't know where to start, but I think I'm going to begin with the biggest, boldest, and yet not the most successful. So back in the 1970s, the band KISS was at their peak. Everybody was just overwhelmed. They were taking people by storm. And to give you some idea of the power of KISS, they declared our next album is going to go double platinum. And they were so sure of themselves, they named the album Double Platinum. And by God, it went double platinum. They were huge. So right about that time, they announced... We're all going to do solo albums. And KISS fans are going, Oh my God, we get four KISS albums at once? How cool is that going to be? And they came out and each of them really did truly make their very own album. They learned enough about recording and producing. They were ready to go on their own. And they just kind of, well, they kind of happened. They didn't really, they didn't take the world by storm like expected. They weren't terrible, but they weren't really charting. In fact, when you look around, the fans tend to agree that Ace Frehley and Gene Simmons kind of had the best of them. That Peter Criss and Paul Stanley were not quite as in the same league as far as the appeal. Peter Criss was a little over, all over the map of his. And uh, so the one song I guess I would suggest to play for you out of all of those four solo albums would be the song Radioactive by Gene Simmons. Well, there's some power behind that song, man. <laughs> you have an unusual uh, variety of people, as always, which I kind of love. Well, you know, the important thing, though, is they got to do their solo thing and get out of our system. And then they said, okay, we need to get back together and look at them now. They have gone through a lot of success as a band, and they didn't have any more crises where they were going to completely implode like that. Yeah, so you're right. One of those bands that... The lead single left and they all 
kind of separated, but weren't didn't have the huge success as the actual band. Um, I'm going to go with the ladies next on my pick. Uh, no doubt, Gwen Stefani, who is absolutely amazing. And it's not Stephanie, it is Stefani. Are we sure? Um, I think you pronounce it Stefani, depending on how you can talk. I mean, the athletes go on. I mean, three Grammy Awards, Brit Music Award, American Music Award, and she brought out that debut album, Love. I love No Doubt. Lamb. Love Angel Music Baby. Yes, that's it. Yeah. And I love No Doubt, but when she did her own thing, Gwen... I really didn't miss them. The a debut album, what she did uh, with the song What Are You Waiting For is a prime example of what she was thinking before leaving No Doubt. Yeah, that's perfect. That was You listen to that conversation with herself and it's a fun, catchy tune. And at the same time, there's no doubt that what she's doing is saying, look, you're successful. You got all this going for you. What are you waiting for? Knock out a hit song right now. Get in the studio and do this album. I just think she's not hard on the eyes either. She has her own unique style, and she kept, and she took it with her, and she grew with her style, almost like Japanese influence on how she dressed and wore her makeup and her hair. And boy, can she dance too! And you know, you know? what? She didn't. It didn't sound like a No Doubt album, even though No Doubt's last album at that time was was dancehall and pop and reggae and influenced. Her stuff was entirely her own, absolutely. But, but isn't that what you have to do when you leave a band? You're taking your voice and your own style and then you're adapting all the other people around you, whether the new friends or new band members, and creating a completely different sound that you did when you were doing it with the band. Ah, oh, but that's the fun part, sometimes. Because that leads me to my next one. Because for me, I wanted to point out that White Zombie was huge, and they had the song More Human Than Human, which is like this timeless metal classic. I mean, it's... It's crazy. It's a great song, and you'll hear it still today in commercials and movie trailers. It's all over the place. But White Zombie 
became Rob Zombie because Rob Zombie just <laughs> disbanded it and started his solo thing, and there really wasn't much of a difference. That wasn't something where you're going, oh, it's got to be all new. Instead, it was, okay, so more human than human, and Dragula and Red Red Kubi, those still all sound like the same group of people. Yeah, but when you're a bunch of zombies, how can you be more human? It kind of seems a bit oxymoronous. It is kind of weird to have resurrected dead people when you're doing a Blade Runner reference like that. Oh, I loved it. That was a great, yeah. Fantastic, buddy. Can we hear a little piece of one of those songs? Yeah, let's go ahead and do two of them just for fun. Let's do the let's do the White Zombie song, More Human Than Human, so people can go, oh yeah, that. There you go. Stop, the Red Red Kruby, which is a reference to Clockwork Orange, and we'll see that if you watch the video. I go. never knew that. One of my favorite films of all time, Stanley Kubrick. Let's hear a little bit. That's great, buddy. Hey, that's my salmon. I saw it first. No, it isn't. It's my salmon. You always want the biggest fish, you yanks. That's not true. Give it to me. Hey, hey, stop hey. fighting. Fight over the music, but don't fight over the salmon. There's plenty of salmon to go around. That's why I sailed the seven seas to find the finest fish for thee. It's Sven, the fisherman! Hello, lads. I'm Angus. Sven sent me. This month is all about the Scottish. Farm-raised Scottish salmon does more swimming than Norwegian does, so it's a bit less fatty. We use it in our Biltmore brand Scottish long-sliced salmon and our whiskey and honey smoked salmon. Delicious! Seven Sea Salmon is tender and delicious, packed with wonderful flavors and spices for each unique fish. Available at your local grocery store, ready to use Spend and enjoy. Convenient, simple, and the main ingredient, deliciousness. That's why I sail the seven seas to catch the finest fish for the and getting back to the greats, I'm going to bring up 
the faces that originally were the small faces with Steve Marriott as the lead singer who branched off and formed his old band, uh, Humble Pie. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then they got Mr. Rod Stewart to fill in for him. Uh, great hits, great. Every picture tells a story. Didn't need anyone but me. I sincerely thought I was so complete. Look how wrong you can be. The women I've known, I wouldn't let time ask you. They wouldn't give you the time of day. But the slit eyed lady knocked me off my feet. God, I wasn't glad I found you. And if there ever was, I could tell to you. Nog's as good as a wink. Just uh, the the songs just go on and on and on, um, and he branched out in the late seventies, Rod again by himself. But the guy isn't scared to change different tunes like he did the American Songbook, where he actually went with classics, you know, uh, yeah. with, which to me is amazing. That should being a, an intense rock and roller. He went more for more new wave, soft rock, middle of the road rock, I think, uh, you know, with uh, Forever Young and Young Turks. Well, that was the thing. His 80s hits were more pop. They were very different. Yeah, but when you get a, a heavy rock and roller like that and to translate and to go back into his solo, great solo career... I mean, he did songs like Fly Me to the Moon and uh, Beyond the Sea, Bobby Darren. Oh, yeah. And people accepted it and they loved it. And he just really did a fantastic job and is still doing a fantastic job. So between Rod and Steve, are you saying the Faces was more like a solo artist factory? You just come in, touch bass, and then run off to your solo career? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, in a way, but he just filled that gap from Steve Marriott and he, he made it his own, of course, with Maggie May. But uh, he's had so many hits and just unbelievable success. You know, and I'm glad you brought that up because I heard Maggie May playing in a restaurant the other day and I was reminded what a fantastic storyteller he is. That whole thing tells this story of young love, life turns in a wrong direction and now he's looking at the ashes of the relationship and saying where am I going to go here yeah but you know what buddy some guys have all the luck <laughs> da, da, da. play a little bit is that I a good intro that. right some guys have all the luck
guys do nothing but complain. <laughs> right. And you know, he, he played in front of the biggest crowd, I think, ever in the world in 1994 in Rio de Janeiro. And I think the estimated crowd over the days that I played was three and a half million people. Wow. That's a lot of people, man. That's Rolling Stones level of arena. I know. And he's still out there playing to sell out crowds in Vegas, still shaking it and still rocking. And no doubt the guys went from heavy blues influence into heavy rock, lots of the mandolin, um, and just an unbelievable talent. So God bless you, Rod. Keep on singing. We love you. Awesome. So, you know, a fun thing, you were talking about Rod Stewart being successful in the 80s. And the 80s was also a good time for a lot of artists to try to go solo. A good example of that would be you have Journey and Steve Perry. He does that song, Oh Sherry, and it's all over the airwaves at the same time that Journey is continuing to, to charge. After all your words are steel, oh, I must have been a dream. does that happen you know i'll be honest i just thought he was still journey when he was singing oh sherry but that's after he broke up from them and he went solo that was his solo album and then uh, you have foreigner who's uh agent provocateur is doing well they've got the song i want to know what love is and at the same time lou graham is moving on and doing midnight blue let's play a little bit of that one that is actually a really good pop song just because I want to go a little further with that. And I promise I'll hand the reins back to you in a minute. But while I'm on an 80s tear, let's reach back a little further towards the Small Faces era as well and talk about Sammy Hagar, 1970s. He's in Montrose.
Then he goes solo in the early 80s. That's doing well. And the next thing you know, he's in Van Halen. Yeah, he got picked for Van after Dave Lee Roth. Yeah, yeah. Both unique voices, him and Dave, but yeah, I love Sammy. He, just brilliant. And he he did very, very well with his solo career. Awesome stuff. Just like the Supremes and Miss, she needs a title. She's a phenomena. Miss Diana Ross, uh, who needs no introduction. And they would the biggest vocal group to hit Motown and the most popular and the popularity. I don't disagree. Oh, just incredible with, you know, baby love. And, you know, a lot of the hits in, in Motown were written by Holland, Doja, and Holland, you know. Um, I don't know, actually, I need to check and research if uh, she carried on and had those guys write for her when she went solo. That's a good question. But not only did a, a, a singing career soar with Ain't No Mountain High Enough, Ain't No Valley Low Enough. Can we hear a little bit of Ain't No Man? I love it. standard right there. Everybody knows that song. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like, hits like Touch Me in the Morning. Wasn't it me who said that nothing good's going 
Sounds a bit naughty, but nice, actually. Yeah, it does. I wasn't going to bring that one up, but okay. (laughs) But Diana Ross, when she broke out, and the the Supremes carried on. They had some great hits, not to the magnitude with Diana Ross. And what a multi-talented lady. Um, You know, she had her own shows, and she even discovered uh, talent too, didn't she? And plus acting-wise too, you know, she did The Wiz, she was in The Wiz. And of course, not to. Oh yeah, and to take the title role in the "Lady Sings the Blues" with uh, Billie Holiday. And uh, to sing, just amazing. So credits to you, Miss Diana Ross. And I saw her the other day on TV, and she sounds and looks just as fantastic as when I first saw her as a kid. Amazing. Hey, kids, time to go for now. We are all about the listeners and what you want, and we know what you want. British music, because we are the best. Don't listen to that mad mank. We invented rock. We make it all better. Please join us next time for more exciting music, trivia, and fun on the The Liney and and the Yank Yank Podcast. Podcast.